The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's The Century. It's storylines, it's best bets, it's our one and done selections, a new season of one and done where you, the fans, can also compete individually. More on that in just a second. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, good day. Happy 2024. Happy New Year, guys, and the century. Not a lot of creativity going down there in Ponte Vedra naming those tournaments. Um, but I do have a question for you guys. How long is too long to say Happy New Year? The sixth. Now, earlier. Oh. Yeah. It, the... So if, I'll say we run into each other beginning of february somehow no no, year, no 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 say february you into, no, say you run into each other at the sony open and you have not seen patrick in six months you're not you're not going to say happy new year that would be like the eighth ninth tenth yeah any of those i said six you said earlier well so you're saying that's too that's too late also <laughs> yeah i thought mine was very early <laughs> I guess I'm just thinking in the context of people that I'm around, like in my neighborhood or in my community. Mm. And if I, if I saw them like at the end of this week and I was like, oh, I don't know, I maybe I think, I think you give it a week. So yeah, I, I, I guess Rick is right. I'll, I'll go with Rick. Okay. I'm one to know in the new year. That's Kyle Porter. Um, KP, did you make any resolutions, any goals for 2024? Oh, you know, I've always got a spreadsheet of goals, Rick. Mm -hmm. Just, just dialed up. Um, one of my goals for 2023 was to move my handicap five strokes. The problem was it went the wrong way. Mission accomplished. So, okay. yeah, I should. I, yeah. So I guess this year I have to move it 10 strokes. I, I don't know. Do you have a handicap goal, Rick? Yeah. So what I do is I try to do, uh, what are they called? Smart goals. I can't remember what it stands for, but it's like actionable is one of them measurable measurable is one of them yeah there's three others so i try to do smart goals so i will always do okay you know move my handicap to something that i think is kind of realistic and then i'll take it a stroke farther than that or like some of the goals that i have with maybe it's growing the business are always like what i think is reasonable and then i'll do like a stretch like 20 percent of that so i'm currently a six and a half my goal is a three 
which okay. I think is very, very reach for the stars like. But if I if I get to a four and a half, I'd be thrilled. Where uh, yeah. where do you have to improve the most? You think? I actually I know for a fact it is chipping and pitching, which. Same. I have just, I just for the first time. So I've been taking, I started taking lessons this time last year and we just did a short game. Like I, I at least have a plan now. I have like one shot before I had zero shots. Now I have one shot that I'm getting more comfortable with uh, and that's translating on the golf course. So once I start improving there, the the strokes will, will, will fly off. Nice. Yeah, that that's mine too. I, I, I've been hitting it pretty well putting fine but the chip i mean i i have the yips patrick like legitimately have the chipping yips are you a big texas wedge guy or do they just call it a wedge there like, <laughs> <that> like? <laughs> uh yeah anywhere i can putter comes out okay but like yeah. what i was playing with some guys on new year's eve and one of my friends was like yeah you're kind of just making this move at the ball where you're not like getting through it you're kind of just you're, you're stabbing at it and your club head's not getting through the ball. I was like, yeah, that's also known as the yips. <laughs> Thanks so, for bringing it up. That's a problem. No, he was very kind about it, but I, I mean, I don't know. I could probably solve that and something else would break, but that to me is like the biggest, my biggest issue right now. Okay. Do you know, uh, who is credited little, little impromptu trivia. Oh, great. Bring that up, too. Who is credited for inventing the modern sand wedge, a.k.a. the bounce on the wedge? Uh, Bob Vokey, the first. I mean, I guess not. A, I guess that's a very good guess. If you have no idea, that's a pretty good one. It's not right, but it's a good guess. I, I don't even know if I have a guess. What uh, if I gave you his nickname? We can combine this. We can combine two trivia questions into one. Byron Nelson. Nope. The Squire. Oh, Sam. Oh. I thought it was. Oh. I thought the Squire was Gene Saracen. Gene Saracen. Yeah. Okay. I was getting the knob and the Squire and what was it? The, <laughs> the new knob. The new the knob. knob. Uh, Gene Sarazen is credited for inventing the modern wedge. The reason that I bring that up is because in my lessons. Patrick, I'm I'm very scared to hit the ground. Now mm. the bounce, you know, I'm supposed to be thanking Gene Sarah. Like that, that is supposed to help you. You use that, you smack the ground, everything works out perfectly. So I've been thinking a lot about old Gene, the squire, as I've been out there trying to smack the ground and use the bounce. Yeah, I think really it's just all about maintaining your aggression through the ball, not being afraid to kind of slap the ground hit the ball depending on what type of shot you want to use but I'm, uh, I'm terrified of that right now i think uh rick i like the way you go about your goals the smart smart thing yeah i've heard of it i don't know what any of them meant before you guys rattled off a couple i'm kind of the exact opposite like i go mega unattainable goals <laughs> and if i reach one it's like holy cow i just did that type of deal and so my go big golf one this year is uh to attempt to qualify for the u.s open i'm i'm to, about like a scratch right now to attempt to qualify for the what does that even what does that mean pretty much just to sign up and play oh the goal is attempt to qualify that's filling out a form and paying 150 bucks or something correct <laughs> which i think is pretty big i mean i haven't played uh 
I was going to say professional <laughs> golf. I haven't played competitive golf since, oh gosh, like my junior year of college, maybe. What? What? The goal should be the goal should be make the U.S. Open. Yeah, if you, if you no. well, if you actually have shoot for the stars goals, like that, that should be it. I, I don't okay. know that. Maybe I the mean, second based, round. Based on your definition, it should be make the U.S. Open, but should be win the U.S. Open. What do you think? <laughs> All right, guys. Could you imagine one year from today, Patrick Donald has won the U.S. Open? It is technically possible. It is in my neck of the woods. Which is amazing. That's an amazing thing, right? All right. I like this, guys. Okay. Uh, What what do you think is the worst handicap that gets to, like, sectionals? Plus four. The worst? I was going to say, like, a probably like a scratch who balls out in the first 18. Yeah, I guess you could do that too. I okay, just know, so. I just know like there's so many plus twos and plus threes that I see all the time who are unbelievable. Like there's just so many of them now. They're so good. They're all so good. Yeah. I think first I need to start like playing golf again. I only clocked like maybe eight rounds in 2023 and five what? of them were in about one week. If I was you, if I was single and really good at golf, I would play so much. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of just, I don't know why. So that's another goal. That's that's a smart goal for me is just to play more golf. Smart goals, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, or realistic, depending on who you ask, and time-bound. So you have to basically have a specific, yeah, you have to say, okay, by the end of the year or within six months or whatever it is, I'm going to do this very specific thing that I can measure and that I can achieve that is in my wheelhouse. It's not saying I'm going to, um, I'm going to eat better. Eat better means nothing. Yeah. That's, that's, I hate stuff like that. Yeah. That's, those are my goals. But saying, but saying I'm going to burn more calories than I take in and I'm going to uh, count calories and all that stuff. And within six months, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do 75% of my days. I'm going to be at a deficit. That's a smart goal. For sure. What if this time next year I'm drinking out of one of these puppies and uh, Patrick's drinking out of the U.S. Open trophy? It'd be great for ratings, I would imagine. Uh, Man, you still have to come on after each round of the U.S. Open and recap your round. Patrick, we met. <laughs> I would legitimately poop my pants on the first tee at Pinehurst number two if I had to hit a tee shot Thursday morning. Have you played Pinehurst number two? No, it's a, it's a point of contention with my friends right now, too, because our buddies trip is going to Pinehurst number two in a, a, like end of February, beginning of March. And uh, they picked a week I couldn't do it. So it's I'm a little butthurt about it. I'll be in Napa that week if you want to come come fill out a foursome with us. We got three. But Wait, which one? Of the US uh, Open? The, no, no, no. The end of February, first week of March. Hmm. Okay. There's, there's a February 29th this year. It's a leap year. Yeah, it's an Olympics year. Olympics year, leap year. <sighs> Election year. President's oh. Cup year. For sure. President's year president's year who knows uh we are back obviously because we just spent the first 11 minutes vamping about nonsense and we will do this now six days a week monday tuesday thursday friday saturday sunday hit the like button make sure you are subscribed to the golf on cbs youtube channel join us in the chat josh as we go through this 
there was a lot of yeah, throw throw some comments up there. We'll, we'll we'll take care of those. And now, when we get to the one and done section, fans can participate like they never have before. They have their own individual entries. No longer is it a fan vote. You can go and enter. There are currently oh, that's even more than when we started the show. Two hundred and seventy one. <laughs> In the contest right now, it's being hosted on Run Your Pool. There is a link in the description of this podcast. There is a link in the description on YouTube. There's a link in the description wherever you are consuming this. You will now compete with us by yourselves. Uh, the deadline for the first pick this week is 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Us, as the panel, as the show, we will release ours at the end of the show. KP, um, this is a little scary. Because no longer do we have to try to beat the other half dozen. There's now going to be a bunch of sand pounders telling us how stupid we are and how much better they are. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I was not consulted on this decision, um, <laughs> and if I had been, I wouldn't have allowed all the all those poundings. What what's the what's the rule here, by the way? Because I feel like not only are we exposing ourselves <laughs> yeah we are baby it's Big, 2024 yeah. and we're exposing ourselves Figuratively. We, got a, we got a trench coat on right now <laughs> but but we're also like we have to make our calls by now and other people can make their calls by thursday yeah that it's, seems crooked well it's called a built-in excuse kp so if things go sideways we will use that as our issue, as our excuse, people able to game theory us. Uh, the one thing that Greg and I mentioned yesterday is if this does get down to the home stretch and one of us is near the top, we might have to hold back a, a release so that we're not getting played, but we'll worry about that. Hey, this is this is the gift and the curse of being in the middle square on the first cut pod. What is, is that why Mark's not here today? Because he's waiting until Thursday? <laughs> He refuses to give up his picks early. I would not be shocked. If that's I honestly fun. wouldn't either. <laughs> this guy's already playing chess against us. <laughs> I would not be shocked if Mark is Mark, who is scheduled to be here, who bailed out once he found out that his picks were going to have to be released at five o'clock on a Tuesday. Yikes. Yeah. One final item. Then we'll get into this because we haven't yet. Uh, we are up for the best golf podcast. Shocking. There must not be a lot of golf podcasts out there. Take a minute to cast your vote. The link is in the description. The best golf podcast archives, Josh is telling me, sports podcast group. Click through. Give us a Oh, there we are. Oh, you know what? No, these are actually some other good, very good podcasts that are up here. Oh, do, guys, we are competing with, first off, Beefs Golf Club. Okay. That did not get the reaction. I <laughs> the open podcast, Sky Sports, Golf Digest, Beyond the Fairway, the Ryder Cup pod. This is this is this is a who's who. Who are these people? Who are the uh, the sports podcast group? Did, did I think did that's who's investing in the PGA Tour? Oh, the SPG. You're right. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> an independent entity that was created to unite grow the game global sports podcast industry the awards are just the first initiative with a content platform and multiple live events to follow oh well th thank you for the nominee 
I don't think this podcast has ever lost the SPGs. So we let's uh, let's let's bring that trophy home. So Patrick has something else to drink out of instead of the U.S. Open trophy. Yeah, U.S. Open. I mean, I did lose the emoji trophy. Not bitter at all. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Greg has it now. Yeah. Hmm. Talk about feeling exposed, KP. Just nothing next to my name. I've thought about that Tiger Woods question like 27 times since since our... I ensure you will. I ensure it was on Rick's newsletter. It was on Rick's newsletter today. You'll never forget it today. No, a different Tiger Woods question was on the runner. The runner runners up was on my newsletter today. Kyle's talking about the second most, the second longest streak at number one in the world. It was was unbelievable. (laughs) I I mean, you you are you you are in the right. I'm just a moron. Uh, someone once told me that being technically correct is the best way of being correct. Can't, can't sure. argue with it. Can't yeah. Argue. All right, let's jump into this. News and notes. The PGA Tour and the PIF have extended uh, the deadline amongst amidst excuse me, uh, negotiations, Patrick. We kind of assumed this was coming. The original December 31st uh, deadline was sneaking up on everybody very, very quickly. The PGA Tour has advanced talks with the SSG, and they are also hoping to get uh, a, f- a further investment from the PIF for this new entity but uh the new goal to finalize the deal is the 2024 masters couple things here one talk about a new year's eve news dump that might be one of the first ones ever uh the tour coming out with their memo on this two in the memo they didn't even specify the extension date they just said hey we're gonna keep working together and three i think this is ultimately going to be a good thing i know the telegraph's reporting the deadlines sometime before the Masters, I would think they want to get it done much before that, just not to mess with Augusta National. You know, his excellency still needs a membership there as well. So that's certainly on the mind. But I think long term, it's going to be good for them to not rush into a deal just because of a deadline that they put in by themselves. And so there's so many positives for each party for them to get this deal done that I'm, I'm pretty confident it will get done. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully it'll come out better on the other end of it what other options do they have kp a deal has to be done uh, it's just how palatable said deal is for all parties involved it is uh you know the the press release that you imagine the pga tour is going to be able to run out is hey brand new billions and billions and billions of dollars of investment uh it just happens to be coming from ssg and pif and anybody else who wants to get involved but the the idea that i personally believe the idea that a, a deal doesn't get done seems like um the pga tour would be setting up its own funeral did you guys read uh, Dylan Deshare's piece for golf.com with Patrick Cantley? No, he had that, but he also had one. Oh. What well, was it last week, Patrick? Yeah, it was before Cantley, kind of on everything surrounding the negotiations and what's going on. Yeah, you should go read it, Rick. It's really good, really interesting, some good reporting in there. But he basically says that a lot of people, that he, he didn't. I don't think he was necessarily reporting this, but that uh, he was reporting that Liv did a revenue sharing deal with the CW for their TV contract. And that based on their audience, other people were saying, yeah, they probably earned about two to three million a year, which is. I did see that. I did see that part. 
which is a comical number, right? Two to three million dollars for a business that spent hundreds of billions is the no, same. No, no, as, hundred, hundreds of millions uh, is the same as zero. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's effectively zero. And I guess my point in that is like the tour right now has the opportunity to call Liv's bluff because Liv is basically saying, we'll keep spending, we'll keep spending, we'll keep spending. And we don't care if we make money or not. And the tour can say, we don't believe you. So good luck. I don't know if that's a wise move by the tour. You better be pretty sure if you're, if you're making that call, but that opportunity is definitely there because there's there's no i mean i i just i read that and in in the the way it was framed or the way that dylan wrote it it reframed the rom signing as as live saying to the tour we're not bluffing like we'll take everybody and i don't i don't know which side of that i i believe and i think you have to for the sake of your organization err on the side of like yeah they're probably not bluffing we need to do the deal right that's my feeling yes is that if they are if they are bluffing you're still not in that great of a spot and if they aren't bluffing you cease to exist so i think that you should probably uh say okay maybe maybe they're not bluffing let's take this a little bit seriously what if they are bluffing like Kyle is you know potentially saying but then they get owgr points and two or three years that's the other that's the other thing and it's like uh yeah we've, uh, we've talked about that a lot patrick is like live oh boy because of its like startup nature and non-requirement to be profitable forever if they wanted to they have a lot of outs there's a lot of ways this goes whether it's hey we're just going to focus on cutting you know, uh, oil deals with diplomats that want to play with Phil Mickelson in pro-ams or whether it is going to be, oh, well, now we have OWGR points and now we actually like are a thing and we can monetize this in the future. There, there's just a lot of outs with the way that Liv is currently structured. There's not a lot of outs for the PGA Tour in the way that they are currently structured. Yeah, I, I think, it, uh, you know, what Kyle and Dylan are potentially saying, I think is interesting. I think it'd be extremely ballsy for the PGA tour to, you know, call them on this potential bluff. But I think there's just so many positives for everyone involved. I mean, the PIF, the PGA tour and SSG for these three parties to come together, to not just lay down your swords and figure something out. Uh, the other thing about that KP would be the, the, the one there's, there's not one, but the, 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 the most valuable asset that the PGA tour has not only in its um, uh, in its legacy, in its history, is in its existing infrastructure of revenue, of TV deals, of sponsors that live has been mostly unable to court. Yeah, and and I think that's the other thing is like you're either if you're the tour and you don't do the deal, which I, I think they will, but if you don't do it. You're either saying we think you're bluffing or, or you're, you're saying we think you're bluffing and we don't think this is going to work for you in the long run. And I think that 
I don't know. That's that's I mean, think about how long it took the tour to kind of build up that infrastructure, right? It took a really, really long time to get to the $700 million a year mark that they have with the media rights with CBS, NBC, uh, ESPN, whoever else that they have that they have deals with. And I, I just I don't know. I, the, the, the math just doesn't work for live. It just doesn't. But like, <laughs> even though that's true, I, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can, or if you should call it. I, I'm with Patrick. I think there's like tremendous upside to, for both parties to, to coming together. I just don't know. Like, I, th I think the question that I've had, and maybe we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it is like, okay, so if they, if they merge, if they officially merge and, and, uh, the PIF has an investment in the PGA tour. Does that mean John Rom gets to play the Memorial this year? He imagine, dude, if that's true, may, he made out like a bandit, right? Got $300 million for doing basically nothing and missing three months worth of PGA tour events. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think they're going to merge. I don't know if he's going to get to play the Memorial. I don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think maybe it'd probably be all right. 2025. We'll kick this thing off. Uh, make it what, official. What is, what does this thing look like? Cause that's the other thing, Patrick is I don't know. Okay. Let's say they do come to an agreement. What does 2025 look like? The top guys play live events and the signature events the top guys who like would they require so, it's so much rory to have a team can rory opt out of having a team like well i don't even know what it actually looks like that does not literally create a pga tour and a pga tour plus or whatever else you want to call it because there is no way the guys who are then going to be asked to play Majors, signature events, maybe live events are also going to roll up to the 3M Open, the Rocket. That's already so much. I don't know what it looks like. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I'm sure the people you know, behind the walls don't even know what it might look like for them. I'm sure they're trying to figure out, oh, what if we just made the live players playing the signature events? Would that be something that they'd be interested in? The team component seems like a really big talking point among everyone. I know Tiger Woods has brought it up multiple times do they turn the fall into some sort of team series do they do some sort of champions league do they do some sort of uh, playoff format that is team-based uh and you know the regular season is kind of something along along the lines of uh premier league soccer where you just get points and points you know say your team captain finishes first in an event and that gives you x amount of points for your team as well and you can add the team component that way throughout the year, and it keeps on adding on and on. I don't know. There are so many options for them to have. I think it's a good thing and a bad thing where it's tough to narrow it down to what will be good for the fan if, if they are thinking about the fan and yeah. what will be good for the players and how much they're going to play. Because Liv has, what, 14 events. You tack on eight signatures plus four majors. The guys aren't going to want to play that much golf. That like These guys, they want to hover around 20. That that's the thing, KP. There are a lot of options. I agree with that, but there is still a finite amount of times you are going to get John Rahm to play golf in a year. Well, and the thing about this, Rick, is I don't know that I trust either side, the tour or live, to come up with something that's 
palatable for fans. I mean, what what is either side displayed throughout all of this that no. makes you believe that they're think, thinking about like people that that watch it, that care about it? No, I, I totally agree. And I think that's why SSG and those guys, Cohen, Blank, and the rest of those team owners are going to be like pretty big in this and figuring out what the future is going to look like. But do they, I mean, like, are they incentivized to, I mean, they're in, why, I guess, why do you say that? Like, do you because trust they them? Already, they have expertise in the space already between football, baseball, the NBA. And yeah, I guess. I trust them more than the PIF and the PJ Tour. I just think that, like, so much of this is almost um, institutionally baked in. Like, Arthur Blank might be able to say like, oh, look at my revenue for the Falcons. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, I think that's just because the NFL is the most popular thing in the world. Like, I don't know that that was anything that he did. Yeah. Being a good, being a good owner is not a prerequisite for making a ton of money in the NFL. Well, and that, and that's, a, and that's a little bit of how I feel about the tour against live right now is like, I think the tour just has an institutional head start and I, and I, and I think, I think sometimes the tour looks at itself and they're like, oh, we've, we've done some, we've like nailed some of this stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I think you just had like a 40 year head start or a 60 year head start or whatever it was. Fascinating stuff. We hadn't talked about live or the PIF since last year, but I'm bump up. So I wanted to make sure we covered it right out of the gate. We are going to turn our attention to maui the plantation course at kapalua then we will provide our picks for the week and reveal those pesky one and done selections but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners it's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym and viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out, viore.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up 
to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. We're headed to the plantation course. We're headed to Kapalua. This is not the Tournament of Champions. This is the Century. It is an event that is now compiled of the top 50 in the FedEx Cup points from last season and any winners who did not otherwise finish inside that top 50. Patrick, it revealed a 60-player field in which Rory McIlroy decided not to play, so we are down to 59 no-cut four guaranteed rounds to kick off the 2024 season. Yeah. I mean, this is one of my favorite events of the year, just because it gets the juices flowing. You got Rolfing talking about trade wins. You get the whale montages. I mean, it's great late night viewing the, the views of the golf course and the elevation changes are terrific. And, you know, Joseph Boza in the chat, uh, 700 FedEx cup points to the winner, which was a point of contention, for those lower class players where the churn rate might not be what the models had suggested. Maybe they didn't realize this year was a leap year. Uh, like we mentioned at the top, maybe that might change something, but yeah, I mean, I- I'm excited for it. I- I'd be pretty shocked if one of the top tier players isn't going to win this tournament. And like John Rom did last year, it's a great chance to kickstart your year. And I mean, start running downhill and, and go on a potential tear with this new signature event series that's only 80 players and the cuts are limited. I mean, we could see someone like a Scotty Scheffler or someone like a Victor Hovland just rattle off, you know, three wins in the first three months, kind of how John Rahm did before he went, won the masters. So I know it's kind of laid back there in Maui, but I'm sure some guys are really up for the test this week. I've got kind of an opposite view of Patrick Rick in that. And I said this last week, but I, f- I have felt more bummed out about Kapalua this year than before because I, I think that Rom's absence is really meaningful. And I know not everybody feels that way because people have varying opinions on Rom and p- pretty hot takes on Liv and the tour, you know, er- everything that goes along with that. But there's a real gravity to tournaments that Rom participates in where, wherever they are, whether it's on the European tour or live PGA tour majors, whatever, because he's, I think a generational player. I think it's him and Rory. And if you want to throw DJ in there, DJ's a little older than Rory, who's a little older than Rom. But I think those are your kind of your three guys from the last 10 years uh, who are generationally great, depending on how you feel about Spieth and JT those guys have been probably more up and down. Rom has been consistently one of the three best players in the world for seven straight years. And that's a, that's a trajectory that not a lot of guys have. And so to me, 
there's just this is the first time that I've really sensed this lacking at a tour event that was a big time tour event because of a live exodus. You know, Bryson and DJ and all that, those, those were obviously big names that left, but I didn't I didn't feel the gravity of it like I think we're going to with with Rom. And I don't know how you if you agree, disagree, but that's just that's kind of been my feeling going into this week. I think that for me personally, I I like to look at the field that is put in front of me and try to find who is going to separate themselves from everyone else. However, I think that uh, what is kind of baked into the the weekly PGA tournaments is those guys who who matter, John Rahm matters, and also who the defending champion is. And we are going to be reminded of John Rahm's absence here, uh, Riviera. Uh, what else am I missing? American right. Express. Is there one more? Was that it? He got he went on a tear early last year. But like we're gonna be reminded Masters. of Masters. Well, I guess we'll be there though. Yeah. But we're gonna be reminded of the absence, which is part of what bums me out because it 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 to me by default makes it feel a little bit worse mm-hmm. when that guy doesn't have to show up and defend his title or doesn't not that he doesn't have to that he's that he's not and it's because he's not allowed or whatever it it it, it will it will make the tournament feel smaller yeah yeah and i think that's <clears throat> i think that's a little bit of of what i'm saying and yeah that stinks like it stinks and i think a lot of people have alluded to that and and I think some people, you know, some of the response was like, "Well, John Rom, like the ratings won't be any different." And you're like, "Well, that's not, yeah, of course not." But that's like not a wrong, like that's because there's nobody that the ratings would be different for, unless like ten people left or or whatever. Even then, I don't even I don't I don't know how much different they would be. I think the ratings are kind of just the ratings, other than like Tiger playing or not playing. I, I kind of think that too. At this, I point. mean, for for the for the most part, uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see in twenty twenty four whether that changes. But it's not about the ratings. It's not about whether Rom moves the needle. Like I, I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. I'm just saying personally, like the gravity of Rom as the defending champ, as arguably the best player in the world, not just right now, but over the last seven years, not being there is like, oh, like that just. That's like a uh, just kind of taking the air out of the balloon for me a little bit. How do you think, Patrick, the signature events are are selected? Are selected? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, kind of like uh, beyond the door handshake situation. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. Like uh, hey, like hey, AT and T, because you've been a good sponsor for however long, and. You promise to re-up at Pebble Beach for the next twenty years. We'll we'll float you a signature event type of deal. Yeah, probably. Well, and uh, I think what was it originally? They said if you hadn't played, um, never mind. I was thinking about something completely off topic, like when the you hadn't played year. in a yeah. You had to play one new event every four years or something like that. Yeah, and I think that was like with Pebble Beach in mind because that field was just getting decimated year after year. The idea that Phoenix know. is not a 
designated oh, perpetually. That's where, that's where I'm at. Is it's preposterous. Preposterous. But then also the idea of not knowing. This is a, this feel uh, the 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 selection of signature events feels a lot like live stuff to me. So 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 live uh, just golf wise. I've said this a ton. I thought they had two cool things. I thought they had a draft, and I thought they had, and I thought being on YouTube was a great thing for them. I think mm -hmm. they screwed both. I think they screwed both of those things up, right? Because the draft was one team was already set, one team already had three guys. Well, it was just stupid. Um, and then they they blew up the YouTube thing. the The signature events could have been so cool, where there was like a reveal, whether they rotated every every so often, so that every sponsor knew, hey, if you got if you sign off for four years, you're going to get a signature event at least once every four years. It would have been good for revenue. It would have been good a goodwill for your sponsors. It would have been good to get stacked fields at places they never get to go and of course it would have been cool to reveal it somewhere and of course the the way that it's done is opaque and behind closed doors i think some of that is because the i mean think about the revenue model for the tour in general rick how how i mean if if somebody just asked you somebody who was maybe a sports fan, but not a PGA Tour fan. Said, "Hey, Rick, can you explain to me that, like, in detail, the tour's revenue model?" You, it would be very, very, very difficult for you to explain and impossible for them to understand, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I think some of that is like, and I've said this before. It's almost like this soft this the PGA Tour is like this piece of software that got created in 1990, and you instead of like stripping it down and rebuilding it every five years they just keep adding stuff onto it mm -hmm. it's like the the uh the way that fields are constructed no nobody knows the players barely know yeah the the new update uh causes three more issues from from yes. an update six years ago which does yes that's exactly which right. which mm -hmm. to the point we were talking about earlier they have an opportunity now to to do what to strip it all down and to re yeah. and they probably won't do it they'll probably just add more software and add more lines of code we're up to ten thousand lines of code more features more bugs um the favorites at the top of the board are scotty scheffler about five and a half to one victor hovland nine to one patrick cantlay at 12 to one actually max homa uh up there as well colin morikawa and max homa along with patrick cantlay at 12 to one so there is there is still despite no john rock despite no worry mcelroy patrick let's be clear here uh there are a lot of big guys teeing it up yeah i think there's 10 out of the top 12 in the world <clears throat> according to the owgr that is Hmm. Uh, which I don't know if we recognize or not these days, but yeah, I mean, a ton of top names, like you just said, and a lot of guys who didn't really do a lot of winning in 2023, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Tommy Fleetwood, who had a great statistical year, but didn't win Terrell Hatton, Jordan Spieth as well. 30 coming off that really poor Ryder cup. He's someone who we talk about the gravity of, you know, someone winning this event and kind of stepping into that spot that shadow that John Rahm left. I think if, if Spieth comes out the gates in 2024 and has a really strong start to the season, I know you can't replace John Rahm, but I think his departure would feel, I don't want to say less, but it would be quelled a little bit. I think if a 
personality and someone as popular as Jordan Spieth got off to a really nice start. And so I think it's a huge season for Spieth in general. 30 now, second kid is there in the house. He's coming off a really poor Ryder Cup. We talk about great Ryder Cup performances propelling people to great seasons, but you know we've seen a lot of poor Ryder Cup performances do the same. Rory McIlroy in 2021, going into 2022. Fitzpatrick was kind of the same. He became a major champion in 2022. And I think Spieth kind of took it personally, just how poor he played in Rome. And he said something along the lines at the Hero World Challenge where he got there a week early to work on his game for a hit and giggle at Tiger Woods event. And so I'm looking for Spieth to have a, a good season this year. And now that he's healthy with that wrist, he was kind of humming in the early spring. And this is a great course for him to get started. If you can find... I was trying to find it. I couldn't find it. Like like a PGA Tour money winner bet. Jordan Spieth could not have handpicked a better set of like signature events. He might make he might make ten million dollars before we get to the Masters. So he's got the Century. He's got Pebble Beach. Uh, he's got then APIs in there, but then he's going to get the Masters really? right after. Right, he's got RBC Heritage as a signature event. He might Travelers. Make, Travelers, he might make a billion dollars this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he goes to live, he'd probably make a billion dollars. Could you imagine? Uh, yeah, I mean, Speed's fascinating. I don't know. Do we know what he is, Patrick? I think this season defines that for Jordan Speed because he's out of that 1920 Valley. 21, he wins. He contends at Royal St. George's. Uh, 22, he wins at the Heritage. And last year, he was kind of a ghost after Wells Fargo injuring that wrist and his back. And so I think for him, we always – I mean, you you talk mostly about Rory McIlroy's second chapter of his career. I think Spieth is – this season could define that chapter for him if he's just another guy or if he's someone who's going to contend in major championships, contend for a couple titles each year, or just, you know, pick off a win every – you know, few seasons or whatever it may be, but I have high hopes for him this year. I do. I think, I think one thing that's going to be interesting, Rick, and, and you've probably thought more about this than I have is just this idea is, is it, it's certainly a different era of guys swinging really hard and chasing speed and all this stuff. How are guys going to be able to stay healthy for 20 straight years, you know, 25 straight years. That's, that's mm. one of the underrated aspects of somebody like Dustin Johnson. Like he's, he's never injured right or, or very rarely and you know you get some guys that are injured all the time and 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 i think that i don't know that spieth is necessarily one of those but he's had some things that have popped up that you're like man you you not only do you have to kind of duct tape the game together but you got to keep your body together too as you start getting into your into your mid thirties. So I, th I think that's going to be an, I don't know that that's necessarily a speed subplot, but I think it's an interesting subplot for a lot of those guys like JT speed Rory, obviously Kepka, that's been a big issue, even Bryson um, and, and some other guys like that. Hmm. That is interesting. That's why, that's why Ludwig is going to dominate because he's got the perfect swing. He doesn't exact, uh, put out too much effort and he hits the ball a mile. He's just going to be the best for the next 25 years. We're going to get I think I'm selling Ludwig right now. Okay, hold that thought. We will so, get so, 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 so. we will get that along with our best bets, our one and done selections after a quick break 
from our partners. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life, while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viori.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. Twice a winner worldwide. Uh, a rider cupper for a victorious European team, a golfer who ranked, let's see, 10th in strokes gained total, second off the tee, first in total driving, sixth in distance, 27th in accuracy, third in greens and regulation, uh, second in proximity, seventh in putting average. Kyle Porter is selling on Kyle. The stage is yours. I'm selling right now. <laughs> I, I'm not selling. I'm 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 key, I'm holding many many shares for the for the long haul. I'm just I'm I'm shorting it for the next three months. I, people are people have kind of lost their minds over Ludwig. He's, he's amazing, very very good, tremendous, and I think he'll be really good for a long time. I just I feel like we've gone a little bit. I mean, he has the same odds this week as he's got like the four shortest odds. Yeah. Same odds, as Xander, world? same odds as Xander Shoffley. I mean, he I, might, he might be, I, I, I'm, I could be wrong about this. And I think that, I, I think one thing that is a little concerning is a lot of times guys like this, it, it happens earlier to where, when they're kind of 17, 18, you're like, you can identify like, okay, that's, that's one of those guys. And he was later now some of that might be an international thing um i i don't know and i think again in the long term he's going to be tremendous i just i feel like it's gone a little bit too far in the short term the betting markets are 
protecting themselves from or or you're taking a, a ton of money on on Ludwig but you're but you're right the the idea that he is uh one two three third shortest odds with Xander Shoffley ahead of Jordan Spieth, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood and everybody else uh is pretty telling about what the overall sentiment on Ludwig is at the moment I, I think at one book he's as low as 14 to 1 to win the Masters which is insane to me because I kind of agree with Kyle here where, yeah, he had a fantastic fall and into the summer, but he also hasn't played a ton of tournaments with the big dogs. He kind of ran through the FedEx Cup fall. I know he played great at the BMW PGA with the entire European Ryder Cup team there, but I mean, they're bound to be some hiccups, some speed bumps. And I think it would serve him well if that happened before Augusta to get a little bit of uh, adversity in his way instead of all this smooth sailing. But, yeah, I think in general people are a little too high on him. How about this? I'm seeing him at 6-1 to one to win a major in 2024. That's crazy. Colin Morikawa, who at last check has two of those, is 6.5-1. to one. Has That's... longer odds. Is he the first player since Tiger Woods where his major window being open – coincides with him playing in his first major championship keegan well but you but we didn't think the window was open shame on me shame on me (laughs) Uh, it's it's yeah it's a good question uh it's such a weird thing that he had i mean and and again this goes back to what i was saying earlier so many of these guys have already put like scheffler played in i think two majors by the time he turned pro uh spieth a couple you know like if you're that good, you usually qualify into or figure out how to get into a couple of majors. And for whatever reason, he has not, it, it just, I'm, I'm, I'm not, again, don't hear me out. I'm like, I want the 30 year stock. I just, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit in the short term, just because I don't know that the pedigree suggests that he's immediately going to become like a top five player in the world. Like Victor Hovland did. Rory McIlroy to win a major 2024 plus 125, nearly even money. That's crazy. Shortest odds out of anybody. All right, let's talk best bets. So if you are new, welcome. The way that we do this, Josh, jumping the gun. Jeez, I haven't even explained it yet. We've got 100 (laughs) smackers that Josh gives us. We take over to our sports book of choice. We find one matchup. We put 50 on it. A finishing position, we put 30 on it and then 10 each on two separate outrights. Then we followed up with some more. Give you that in just one second. Patrick, lead us off here with your matchup, please. Yeah, all this uh, stock talk. I'm selling Cam Young. I feel like there's a bit of a uh, a fire sale going on, You know, potential Wall Street bet situation with GameStop, maybe in the future. But right now, we're selling Cam Young. Tony Finau, minus 130 over him. Finau's irons were great at the Hero. I love this golf course for him. Uh, his putter, do you guys like see how he sets up to putts now? He kind of like bats his putter a few times. So he looks like he's going to hit like a home run to left field. It's, it kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety to tell you the truth. But still, I like him, minus 130 over Cam Young, who uh, I'm not sure who his caddy is these days. Yeah, Cam Young uh, splitting with Paul Tosori. Tosori on Brendan Todd's bag. KP, you and I have found the same matchup, though we are on opposite 
sides of it. That matchup, Eric Cole and Cameron Davis. I have taken Cole. You have taken Davis. What's the case for Cam? Well, I'm I immediately regretted this as soon as I read the Rick Run Good newsletter because you're talking about how a lot of the collection areas at Kapalua, your drives end up in the same place. Mm-hmm. Somebody like Cameron Davis, who's a lot longer than Eric Cole, Eric Cole can kind of match him drive for drive because of the way the the course is shaped, and it becomes a little bit of a wedge fest uh, at, at Kapalua just because of the, some of the spots you're hitting from, I think is the highest percentage of what shots from 125 and in. Yeah. It's a huge wedge fest. Yeah. So I, I'll stick with the pick, but I do a little bit regret it. I, I think, look, I think Cam Davis is a top 20 type talent. I don't think that about Eric Cole. And so this bet is a little bit of a correction to like where they're both situated right now in terms of strokes gained and and just like in the overall kind of golf landscape. And I think I'm similar. I have a similar outlook for, you know, if you said 2024, do you want Cam Davis or Eric Cole? I think I would right. take Cam Davis, right? But on this golf course, like you said, kind of minimizing the best drivers, making everybody play from the same spots on the second shot. Eric Cole, very good approach player, very good putter. The, the, the one thing that makes me concerned is Cam Davis has only played four rounds here, and he's played he's played great. I think he hasn't shot worse than 68, which is five under. I mean, he, he's been very good here, so I'm not, like, super confident in this, but I, I think this is probably one of the better spots for Cole because of the way that the course sets up. So we'll see. I like how we both made the case for each other's player. Yeah. That's the the real sicko way to do this to like already start life hedging. It's it's crazy that Cam Davis is 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 a plus or that I guess it's crazy that Eric Cole is minus one twenty. Like that seems like even odds that I would have thought at best for him. He's got four top five finishes in his last five starts or something like that. So yeah, yeah playing playing well. Finishing position, any finishing position that you want. Uh, KP and Patrick both found a top 10. Kyle, let's go back to you here and get yours first. Yeah, Patrick Cantlay, top 10, plus 115. Uh, he, that interview, we mentioned it earlier, but that interview with Dylan DeShare, he, he sounds very primed for what I think could be a, a, a big year. And and even if it's not, man, his numbers are just so consistently good. He's just two strokes gained every single year uh, on, on the field. And uh, he's played well here before. I don't necessarily think he's going to win this week, but I do like him to, to play well and, and finish in the top 10. Yeah. Plus 115 for Patrick Cantlay to get onto the first page of the leaderboard. Patrick, you've got his partner in crime. Yeah, top 10 for Xander at plus 130. I looked at that Cantley number, but I figured they're pretty much the same player. You get a, a, a little better price for Xander's top 10. He, he's been money on approach and putting, and his one bugaboo is kind of that waywardness with the driver, which doesn't really matter here at Kapalua. He's a winner. He should be a two-time winner. He three-putted the 18th hole that one year. He lost in a playoff to Justin Thomas. Um, so history is good. It fits his eye. Had a WD last year with a weird back injury, but I think he's uh, like Cantlay prime for a potentially multiple win season, and it could start here. So I like the top ten. I will never forget that three putt because I had I had bet Justin Thomas that year, and it was it always feels like that stuff goes against you that mm. the three putt is your guy, and when yep. he ran, I remember watching 
thinking, okay, two putts, he wins this thing on, on 18. When he ran that first one, five or six feet by or whatever he did, I, my heart got a flutter and he misses the comebacker. Now I'm live, baby. Let's go to a playoff JT that I will not forget that. I can vividly remember that three putt for the rest of my life. He said he got gusted. That was when he said he got gusted. Sure. Yeah. Me, me too. I'm so happy for you, Rick, because, uh, yeah, that type of stuff usually goes against me. I only remember it because I did bet Xander Shoffley that week. <laughs> so I'm glad one of us at least uh, got a payday. Just change your name to Pat Rungood. Things things go a little bit a little yeah. bit differently. Um, I went with Brendan Todd. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Paul Tesori on the bag. It's top 20 at plus 240. The blueprint that I'm laying out here is really good course fit guys or uh, – what I think are better fits. Brendan Todd, the way that he loses strokes is off the TV, a lack of distance. We've talked about how that is not necessarily as important as long as you hit the correct side of the fairway and then he can get hot with those iron, or excuse me, wedges and putter. So uh, it's Brendan Todd, top 20 for me at plus 240. We've got six separate outrights. We've got a little bit of crossover. Let's start with Patrick, who is uh, basically lone wolf in both of his outright selections and continuing the trend of the bash brothers yeah bash brothers dumb and dumber tweedledee and tweedledum whatever you want we do need a name for these two uh but i, I went with patrick cantley at 12 to 1 like kyle said I, I liked the tone of uh you know what he was saying there in that interview for golf.com and you take out ludwig from all the stats the season-long stats i know he, he played great but cantley leads in par four scoring he leads in birdie average he leads in par five scoring uh, only three par threes at Kapalua, so I think that sets up super well for him. So I like him at 12 to 1, and then I like Xander as well at 14 to 1. We talked about smart goals. These aren't necessarily smart bets, but I think uh, one of them might have a chance to win come Sunday. I was going to say, you know what these two guys don't do? Uh, win. Yeah, <laughs> win. They don't generally win as much <laughs> as they should. 12 to 1 for Cantlay, 14 to 1 for Xander KP. You and I have also found a 14 to 1 golfer. It's the same guy. Please let the people know who that is. Yeah, Colin Morikawa. Uh, he has been awesome. I think, I think Morikawa has been who people think Xander has been at this golf course. Nothing worse than a top seven finish. I think he's T7, T7, T5, and then second last year. Should have won last year. Quietly had the best year of his career statistically last year, Rick. Didn't feel like it. He didn't win like it. But I am uh, I am buying Colin Markawa in the short term. Preach, brother. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is jarring uh, how good he was last year. Got the win late in the year. Everything seems all good. Let's get Colin back to a place that he plays well. Speaking of guys that um, might not be, you know, perception of reality doesn't line up. I bet Tom Kim at 25 to one. Tom Kim is playing now like everyone expected him to play when he won those yeah. two events immediately uh, out of the gate. And then he kind of had a struggle for the first six months of 22. He's playing awesome. I mean, the, the, the elite approach plays back. The scorching hot putter is back. I'm not talking a stroke. A tournament i'm talking three four five six that's what you need to get around here he finished fifth oh was it last year or the year before i guess it had to have been last year um because he wouldn't have been around two years ago but tom tom kim is entering what era would that be for patrick or for tom kim patrick he's entering his um his 1989 his red era oh i'm, I'm thinking he's entering 
He's only 21 and a half, but kind of that post-grad, you get your first signing bonus, you move to a mm -hmm. big city, your eyes are big, the world's mm -hmm. your oyster still. Mm -hmm. I think Tom Kim's kind of right there. Yeah. I think he was trying to make a Taylor Swift reference, Patrick. Right. I, was, I thought, yeah, I, thought was I don't, I don't know like any Taylor Swift. An Evermore or like a folk folklore? Is that one of them? I don't yeah. know them all. What did you say, Rick? A couple of them. <laughs> uh, Tom Kim, 25 to 1. And KP, you have found the golfer with the longest outright odds on this grid. Tell the people. Yeah, I wanted to get a little bit deep here uh, because it was it was easy to stay at the top of the board, but I couldn't get too deep. Although Wyndham Clark at like sixty five to one was was kind of interesting. I thought about I thought about there was also a Wyndham. Uh, I can't remember who the matchup was, but Wyndham Clark was like plus one forty to somebody, and I was like, yeah. they should just smash that, right? He put, I, he, I, well, I, he played so bad at the yeah. at the hero, but. Yeah, I got I got big tone. Big tone uh tends to play well here. Um, like Patrick said, he hit his irons very well at, at Hero. And I think he's got a little bounce back coming in 2024. He didn't play very well after the Mexico Open last year. I think he's gonna bounce back in in uh in the new year. And 33 to 1 seemed like a reasonable number. Sheds sheds the at least for now, the rumors of him leaving and going to live. He's going to tee it up this week and stay around for at least a little bit longer. And KP's got him at 33 to 1. So it's Morikawa, Morikawa, Cantlay, Shoffley, Tom Kim, Tony Finau. Now, because we beg for it, uh, Josh gives us an extra 50 bucks to do anything we want with. KP, as you tend to do, you have backed up a, a golfer or a similar wager that you made earlier with some extra funds. Yeah, I'm I'm all the way in on Morikawa this week. Top ten plus one fifteen. My um, uh, finish bet was Cantlay at plus one fifteen, but Morikawa is the exact same number, and uh, I just I'm very much in on that this week. Uh, Morikawa top ten. I went with a nationality bet. I don't do it often, but I saw Matt Fitzpatrick for top Great Britain and Ireland top GBNI plus two sixty. The other golfers there, I'm just mostly lukewarm on. That's Hatton, Fleetwood, Rose, Wallace, and Seamus Power. Fitzpatrick's seemingly getting longer. Each he just posted another thing about how his club head speed is up, his ball speed is up. He's played well here in the past. I think we're getting a pretty good version of Fitzpatrick right now. And I I'm not super impressed by the rest of the group that he gets to to battle here. So I'll take plus 260 on Fitzpatrick to be top G B and I and Patrick. It would not be a new year if you didn't start with a clean slate and Patrick's positivity parlay, which I think has hit Three it's hot. Four times in a row. Does it stay hot after after a couple weeks off? It's hot. It absolutely does. Cause yeah. I know you said these two guys might not win, <laughs> but you know what they do, Rick? They finish inside the top 20. So Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, both to finish inside the top 20 at even money, plus 100. Are you kidding me? That is free. Use your Christmas money, use it on this, and uh have a happy new year. Happy, happy beginning to the new year. Oh, I used to love. I, I mean, I still love getting Christmas money. I just don't get as. I just don't get it anymore. But I, I loved getting Christmas money. It's an envelope of cash. Well, in the the you love me this much. The ratio of it doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean as much as it did when you were eleven. Yeah, yeah. Sixty bucks when I was eleven was was I, like sixty thousand. I was Rick Musk with sixty bucks. Yeah, you know what I mean. It totally. Was, 
It was crazy. All right. One final thing to do here is reveal the one and done wagers. This is the moment of hope. We are all at $0. We are getting at it right out of the gate with a $20 million signature event purse. The fans are in as individuals. The links in the description go on runyourpool.com. Your pick has to be in by 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Our picks are going to be revealed right now. Josh, fire away. There you go. A lot of similar names. Uh, Producer Josh, Greg, myself, and Mark Wrong have all gone with the X-Man, Xander Shoffley. I love it. I love it, Patrick. I know. I hate it. I hate it. The basement boys are back. Yeah, baby. We're gonna the base, run the, the basement boys are already puffing out their chests on a Tuesday of the first tournament of the year. Kyle, uh, stop me if I've said it before. You're in on Colin Morikawa. I'm, I'm very in on Colin Morikawa. This is the one year anniversary of uh, Crooked Mark picking John Rom after the tournament started. <laughs> I also picked John Rom to win last year, so I'm trying to go back to back on the one and done. <laughs> Crooked Mark, Patrick. Stuck with the namesake, it is can't lay for you. Yeah, it's going to be a true rags to riches type of story. I know my rookie season, I finished last, but it's going to be great. Like, uh, what was that one soccer team that was 500 to one that one time? Leicester, Leicester City. That's what you can call me this year. That's what, that's what Patrick is that one football team that one time. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick can't like one and done. <laughs> now, uh, I was. We were talking about this a little bit before we. St- I think I think we should have just used Scotty Scheffler. I mean, mm. it's a twenty. It's it's the basically the biggest purse you're going to get outside the players. It is the biggest purse you're going to get outside the players. There's only fifty nine golfers. He just won. He's putted well here before. I think. I think I should. I I, should, I think everybody. I think we just should have used Scotty Scheffler. Well, I, I like what you're doing here, Rick. Where hopefully. Everyone will now use Scotty Scheffler because because that's up to like what 240 people and, and they get away from from these picks. I see a lot of hate in the chat, so that's good. I don't want them to like these picks. They shouldn't like these picks. They should use other people. I am uh, I'm trying to move the markets now for the next for the next <laughs> couple of days. Trying trying to move the markets to get us some some decent numbers on Xander Patrick and Colin. Uh, I'm reading the comments right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anything anything else gentlemen before we get out of here we are off and running this is now a six uh six show a week podcast for the foreseeable future i got i got a comment to paul aka bill's mafia i would just like to say thank you for losing to the dolphins on sunday to let my steelers into the playoffs we're going to the super bowl mason rudolph i met him i know he's an okay state guy kyle I met him uh, last year at a bar down here, just randomly. So, people are saying my handshake to him kind of sparked this run. What uh, What were your impressions in in person impressions, Moxie? Well, first, our our waiters like he comes up to our table. He's like, "You guys know who Mason Rudolph is?" And like two of us are like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, he's back there. You should go say hi." And we're like, "Are you just like blowing up his spot right now?" Dude, like telling all your tables. Waiters do that constantly. Okay. So that has happened to us like three times in Vegas this year. 
we did not know who the person was at, I can't even remember who he said three times, but three times the waiter was like, do you guys know who so-and-so is? And we're like, no. I'm like, well, here she's in the back. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what, what are we, what are we doing here? What does that do? Just generate <laughs> I don't like, know. buzz or what? <laughs> It's like God, the guy it's Mason Rudolph. He was a third string quarterback at the time. He barely made the Steelers. So now I dapped him up. I went at one of these and then around the back type of thing. And I was like, hey, stay healthy this year. And then I just and then I left. Is he the <laughs> one? Is he the one that got the helmet? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who Miles was the Garrett. offender? Miles Garrett. Yes. He he played at Oklahoma State. He was one of the best quarterbacks Oklahoma State's ever had, Patrick. I, I think it's him, Whedon, Brandon Whedon. Mike Gundy and yep. doesn't necessarily necessarily translate to the NFL. No, no, no. It <laughs> Until this not. year. Are, are, yeah. you, are you still speaking about Mason Rudolph? Hell or is yeah. There another Oklahoma state quarterback. Hell yeah. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> okay. Zach uh, Robinson. Do you remember Zach Robinson? Who'd he play for? He was Oklahoma state. Get a phone call right now. That's my phone. Might be it. Might be Mason Rudolph. <laughs> it's it's some waiter phone. telling me asking me if I know somebody. <laughs> um, all right, that'll do it. We are done. I'm getting phone calls. The picks are in. We've covered everything. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the golf on YouTube. Uh, golf on CBS YouTube channel. Go get in the one and done. Go vote for us for best golf podcast. We will be eternally grateful, and we will talk to you. Oh, sorry. So Josh, it's going to be like. Thursday evening, right? Because this is a prime time situation. Yeah. So whenever round one is over after dark, Oh, let's do Josh. Let's get a first cut after dark logo that we can put in the upper right. And then like first cut coffee golf logo. So that when those early morning ones, so that we can have different, you know, identities of the show. I love it. Okay. We'll see you Thursday evening. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Patrick McDonald is available online at, um, I don't even know because I can't see it. <laughs> P McDonald CBS, I think. At Kyle Porter CBS is Kyle Porter. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.